Welcome to the Andy Staples Show, and it is almost time for the national championship game. And I realized that the casual college football fan may not be as interested in a rematch of two SEC teams in the national title game as, say, you know, somebody who watches the SEC all year. But there are good reasons to watch this game, particularly if you are an NFL fan whose team has a high draft pick, because there are some guys that are playing in this game who could be very, very high draft picks. To talk about that, we bring on Dane Brugler, the athletics draft guru, and we're going to talk about the guys in the national title game. We're going to talk about the, the QBs in this draft. And uh, my personal favorite question that we will get to at the end, how high can a center go in the NFL draft? Because I think we might set a record this year. So, but Dane, how you doing? I'm good, Andy. How are you? How's the new year treating you? It's, it's wonderful. I, I, uh, got a new, uh, got a new pellet smoker. So, uh, working, Ooh. working through that and trying to decide what I want to do a low and sm- slow smoke on when I get back from the coaches convention, because haven't had time to do anything hefty. So may just, you know, go pork, butt, easy mm. to start yeah, and then forgiving. work my way yeah. into a brisket. Yeah, oh. yeah. Work my way oh. into a brisket and then see if I can get it right. It, it's always, I, I, I don't know. I always feel like just kind of intimidated by, by brisket. Cause it's, it's just, it's such a glorious piece of meat when you do it right, but it's so easy to get wrong. It's so easy to, uh, you know, not get it exactly right. But man, when you yep. get it right, there's nothing better. Well, I, I, I tend to leave brisket to the professionals because I right. believe that they, you know, you, you put in your 10,000 hours on brisket and, and you can do it. I have not. I, I'm going to Texas this weekend. So I think that I'll probably you know, stumble into some good brisket there. And then that'll, that'll stoke the, the desire to learn to do it more, but you're right. But it's, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like the difference between being a good college player and then ascending to the next level as an NFL player. What a transition. Anybody can, oh yeah, look at that. But yeah, anybody can do a pork butt. Pretty much anybody can do spare ribs, but it's when you can do the brisket that you're, you're truly in the, the elite. And so let, let's talk about that because we've got, the two best teams in college football, inarguably the two most talented teams in college football, and probably the two teams most loaded with draft prospects. And there are guys that we're going to be talking about in the first round that are playing. And I, I guess the best place to start is the Georgia D-line. Jordan Davis was a guy who got a lot of conversation this year. And we talked about him, you know, could he be a Heisman candidate? And then people are like, wait, he doesn't play every play. And I'm like, yeah, he's 330 pounds. Of course he doesn't play every play. Uh, but for an NFL team, like where does a guy like him fit? Is he, is he a nose in a, in a three, four? Uh, can he be uh, that big one technique, the, the a jumbo size version of the one technique tackle in, in a, in a four man front? Is that, is he pretty much, on the board for anybody right now. Yeah, I mean he he's scheme proof. Um, you know, he at six six three sixty, um, you know, the way that they use him, uh, he has quickness from the backside, so he's gonna chase down runs. He's going to create those 10 car pileups on the line of scrimmage uh and eliminate some of those run lanes on the interior. Um uh, yeah, if 
he's not going to, there's not going to be a scheme where you're going to say, yeah, he's just not a, a, a fit for us. So they're going to be able to use him. Now, I, I do think that there will be some schemes that say we are not, he's not, he wouldn't be as valuable to us relative to drafting him in the top 20 picks. That's going to be an interesting conversation. Um, and I mean, you, you mentioned it, how, uh, you know, being in the Heisman conversation, but averaging 22 snaps a game. I mean, that's, yeah. that, that's something that, uh, you know, it, it helps keep him fresh. It helps, you know, you have to look at the total impact of what he's going to make for your football team. And he's, he's going to impact it in the run game. There's no question about it, but does he give you anything on uh, in passing situations? Can he be a pass rusher or is he just uh, a pusher? Uh, and he's, he's more of just a pusher and, and that's okay. You know, that there's obviously, uh, you know, he, he's going to play a valuable role at the next level, but where you draft him is going to be an interesting conversation. And I think the, the answer will be different from team to team based off the, the scheme and what they prioritize and what exactly they're looking for. But, you know, obviously a good player. And, you know, I, before the national title game every year, what I do, I do an article uh, so athletic subscribers can look for it later this week, uh, where I rank the top players in the in the on both teams in the in the game. And usually, I I start off by saying, okay, I'm going to do the top 25. But then, you know, after I start ranking these guys, it's like, okay, I got to extend it to 30. All right, now I got to extend it to 40 because there's just so many good players. You know, two years ago, LSU Clemson, I, I had no yep. choice but to extend it. Last year, Alabama Ohio State. Same type of deal. I mean, probably the over the last 15 years, the two biggest producers of NFL talent right there. This year, yeah, you mentioned it. Alabama, Georgia, no two teams have more four- and five-star guys on their rosters. And a lot of times that translates to NFL talent. It's no different with this group. So uh, Georgia has a legitimate chance to match Maybe even set the record for total draft picks uh, this this wow. upcoming this upcoming draft. The record's fourteen. Uh, Ohio State did it shortly after that national title game uh, or national title win back in o two o three, and then LSU did it two years ago. So uh, you know, let's you know, just looking at it, you mentioned the defensive line: Trevon Walker, Jordan Davis, mm-hmm. Devontae Wyatt. Three easy draft picks right there, assuming Trevon Walker declares uh, at linebacker. Quay Walker, Channing Tindall, both seniors, both are draftable. Ferris assumption to Kobe Dean is going to come out. Yeah. He, he's going to be in that first round mix. That's that's three. So that's that's uh, six right there in the secondary. Right there, yeah. DK Kendrick, uh, easy starting talent. Uh, as long as the character checks out, he's going to be drafted. And then free safety uh, Lewis Sign, uh, he's uh, going to come out. He's going to be drafted. So that's that's eight so far. We're ha- we're yep. more than halfway Mari there. Sawyer on uh, left tackle. Sawyer at left tackle. Justin Schaefer at left guard. Two draft picks off that offensive line. Uh, in the backfield, James Cook and Zamir White, both seniors. Both are uh, Cook's a senior. Zamir White, assuming he declares, uh, both draftable players. So that's up to what twelve. So we need yep. two two more to get the record or to match the record. Uh, Nolan Smith at linebacker. Uh, I think he's on the fence about coming out. If he does, easy draft pick. And then George Pickens, what's he going to do? Uh, coming off the ACL yep. injury, uh, you know, he's a, a big-time talent. We don't know uh, how much we're going to see of him in the national title game. But if he's 100%, it would not be a total shock if, if he declared. So, uh, I mean, there, there are other guys we can talk about, but that's that's the path to 14 right there, and that, that matches the wow. record. So, George is just absolutely loaded. 
Yeah, and that is why they are here and why why they're in the mix with Alabama. Alabama, uh, you know, we've argued on the college side that this is one of Nick Saban's better coaching jobs. This may not be necessarily his most stacked team. That said, there are still elite, elite prospects on this team. I wanted to start with Evan Neal. I'm I'm assuming Evan Neal will be the the highest drafted 2022 draft pick in this game. I think that's a fair uh, a fair call. Um, I, I'm a big Trevon Walker fan. I think he's being underrated. I I, I think that um, you know it wouldn't shock me if Walker maybe inches his way up as we get closer and closer. Just because I mean he's six five two seventy five, and Georgia has no problem dropping him in space and using him as a linebacker. I mean he has that type of athleticism. Yeah. So when you have the length and power to rush off the edge. Uh, they'll line him up at nose tackle at times just because he can do it. He can do everything. Um, I, I, I do think Trevon Walker is going to inch his way up, but I, I do think that it's fair to say Evan Neal's, you know, the favorite to be uh, the first uh, first draft pick from this game. And really, I, I, this great game doesn't have many slam dunk top 15 type of guys, uh, mm-hmm. but 15 to 32, second round, I mean, it's just dominated by some of these Alabama and Georgia players, uh, you know, Alabama on at linebacker with To'o To'o and Christian Harris. Uh, you know, both those guys have a decision to make after this game about whether they're going to go pro uh, or not. Uh, Mathis on the defensive line, he's a top, he could be a top three defensive tackle uh, in this class. Um, and I wish we could talk about Will Anderson because he'd be the easy number one pick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But obviously, and he will be in 2023. Uh, it just yeah, come down to the quarterbacks. Who you know who's picking number one, right. and if they need a quarterback, and CJ Stroud and Bryce Young and all that. But yeah, it's it. He's the easy, easy, uh, you know, top non-quarterback uh, prospect if you're eligible. Yeah, that's it. I I had him number one on my Heisman ballot. I the, the, we haven't Smart seen man. a season like that from from an edge rusher in a long, long time, and. Uh, or from a D lineman in general. I mean, Sue had had that sort of season as an interior lineman, which is even a little bit harder, I think. But but yeah, it's it's hard to to put into to context how much of an impact he makes on that defense. We'll be right back after these words. The Neil thing's interesting to me because I remember seeing Evan Neal in high school. I, I went to do a story on uh, on Daniel Falalele, who's now the uh, the right tackle at Minnesota. And this was when Daniel was coming over from Australia, hadn't even played a game yet, but already had like 25 offers because he was six, nine, 400 and can move. And so I'm watching Daniel at practice, but the, the folks at IMG are like, no, this guy has offers from basically every school in the country pointing at Evan Neal and you watch him move. And it, it was probably 350, 360 at the time. And it's like, how, how does somebody that big move that fluidly? Yeah, he's just has such a unique blend of size, quickness, and flexibility. It's just yeah, it's very very uncommon, um, and that that helps him really be an impact guy in the passing game and pass protection, but also in the run game, getting out in space and collecting himself on the move. And uh, he's with that length, he's just able to cast a wide net in the run game. He can scoop, he can drive, uh, physical hands at contact. Uh, it just, it, there's a lot you can do with a player like that. And, you know, there are some areas of his game that he needs to clean up. Uh, he tends to fall off blocks. Uh, he doesn't have the best lateral range in terms of protecting the corner against some elite speed guys. 
But, you know, he, he's a guy that has a lot of the tools to be a, a long-term NFL starter. And I, I tell you what, he's done a nice job at left tackle. Uh, I think and there's something to be said about, okay, he's been in Tuscaloosa three years. Three years he started at three different positions. Uh, you know, at first yeah. at guard, then at right tackle, now at left tackle. So he brings – uh, there's no projection in terms of versatility. He has proven it that he could play inside, could play outside, can play left tackle, right tackle. Um, I, you know, there's there's a little bit of you know maybe a, a more a uh, little more coordinated version of like an Orlando Brown, uh, you know, that type of player. So you know, he, he's going to be in the mix to be not even the first offensive lineman drafted, but maybe even the first offensive player drafted. I mean, he is in that yeah. in that mix. Uh, but I, I will say he's. You know, uh, uh, Iki Ikuanu from NC State, Charles Cross from Mississippi State, both those guys are pretty you – know, they're right there with Evan Neal. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be a consensus in terms of the top tackle this year. Different teams will look at these guys a little bit differently. Well, it feels like the the top five or six picks could go a bunch of different ways because there's not that quarterback there. I mean, that it, will, will it basically come down to – how this last week goes and how the draft order gets set just based on the needs of those teams? Uh, probably in a way. Uh, this is just one of those years. And I, I think it's it's almost like a disclaimer. You know, it's, it's important for Lions fans, for Jaguars fans, for you know any team picking top five, top seven to maybe just temper their expectations a little bit. Um, this is just, it's not a great year to be taking, picking top five uh, relative to most years. You know, there's no Miles Garrett. There's no Chase Young. There's no Jamar Chase, no Kyle Pitts. You know, the the clear cut, easy blue chipper elite prospect at the top. And without those quarterbacks, like you mentioned, that also takes away some of the trade back opportunities. Uh, you know, so teams won't be able to get a boatload of picks by by moving back. Uh, that that's just not probably not going to happen this year. So, you know, don't get me wrong; there there are good players. You know, I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau and Hutchinson, and you know, we talked about Evan Neal. These are good players, but I tell you, if if we took last year's draft class and brought it to this mm-hmm. year, there might not be a player in this class that would be drafted top ten. And, you know, it's again, these are Thibodeau, Hutchinson, Neal, these Kyle Hamilton, these guys are good players, but they're just not, you know, they're not viewed as the clear cut elite top five, no brainer guys. And so this draft as a whole, I think is a good draft and just missing some of those high end blue chip prospects at the top. Yeah, it, it feels like it's a little deeper like at the top of the second round through the through the middle of the, thir- of the third round that you could get some quality starters there, but the the guaranteed stars. And yeah, the, the Pitts example is great because he was so unique and so different. And of course he was going to go higher than, than most tight ends get drafted because you don't see anybody like that. There isn't any, you're, when you think about it, there, there, well, there's one and we'll get to him later. There's one guy at one position where he's just different than, than anybody else you see, but it's not a very sexy position. So we'll, we'll get to right. that in a second, but let's, let's, let's go to the sexiest position. Let's go to QB. QB1, probably not going to be the number one overall pick. May not even be a top 10 pick yeah, this possible. year. Yeah. Who, right. who would you think? Who are, the, who are the top three candidates right now to be that first QB off the board? Hmm. Um, you know, and it, it's tough because these quarterbacks, you can you can pull coals in all of them. You, 
you know, they're, they're guys that are easy to like, but hard to love. And that's, that's really the general feeling around the league. You know, just talking to scouts, talking to uh, people in the NFL, that that's, that's how they view them too. Uh, it, it's hard to have just complete conviction with any of these quarterbacks and say, yeah, okay, this is a guy that in the next, you know, two to three years, he's going to be able to lead us to the playoffs. You know, he's going to be a top, 15 quarterback in the NFL. Uh, it's just hard to really have confidence saying about saying that about any of these five, five or six quarterbacks at the top. And really, when you look at last year, you could legitimately say that about the top five quarterbacks in last year's draft with Lawrence and Lance and Fields and Wilson and, and Mac Jones. I and mean, you could convince yourself that, hey, you know what? This guy, if we put him in our system, we coach him up, we, we, you know, we do this and that he's going to be a winner for us. And that's why all five went in top 15 picks this year. You know, when you look at Matt Corral, um, you know, he's, he's an easy guy to like because he's a competitor. Everything he does is quick. Uh, the movements, the delivery, he's got a big time arm. Uh, you know, there, he's just an easy player to like. Uh, there's some, some Zach Wilson parallels there with just the way they move around. Uh, but, you know, Corral being in the SEC, he's played some better competition. Um, you know, he's, there, there's a lot to like about uh, you know him as a passer, but also as a runner. His, his mobility is a big part of his game, um, and so I think Matt Corral right now I would say the, is a favorite to be quarterback one. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, the, I know the the ankle injury, the X-rays were negative. Hopefully, no long-term effects. Uh, but then after that, uh, Kenny Pickett uh, he, he, coming back for his fifth year, uh, taking advantage of that extra year. Uh, you could argue no one made more of a jump this year uh, in terms of draft terms uh, than Kenny Pickett. Uh, you know, he was a fourth round pick, fifth round pick last year. Coming back, he just everything settled down for him. Uh, you know, talking to his former OC, uh, Coach Whipple, just saying how you can't, there's no substitute for experience. And, and that's that, that's how he explained Kenny Pickett's rise this year, uh, his, his improvements. Uh, just seeing the defense, understanding what they were trying to do. Uh, everything's slowing down for him. And I think on a lot of levels, that's what happened. His accuracy from different platforms, that's going to translate to the next level. Uh, he doesn't have the most explosive arm. He doesn't have, uh, you know, a lot of the physical traits are good, just not great. It's kind of in, in that Joe Burrow uh, realm in terms of just the physical tools. Joe Burrow is a special quarterback because obviously he's so good with his mind. Kenny Pickett's not quite on that level, but he's, you know, they live on the same street. So right. for Pickett, where do you feel comfortable drafting a player like that? For some teams, that could be top 15. Other teams, that they'll have second-round grades on them. So um, I would say Corral, Pickett, and then the third quarterback, uh, you know, Malik Willis is an exciting player. Desmond Ritter has done so much. He's got the resume. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll say Sam Howell and, you know, just that's, that's what I was going to ask you about, because Howell had an interesting year where mm-hmm. they couldn't run the ball that well. He ends up being one of their, their better. He's their second leading rusher. Uh, if you back out sacks, he probably he might have been over a thousand yards. As, he, as was, a yeah, he was. He, has, he had so. 700 yard games this year. If you take away the lost yeah. sack yardage, which is, I mean, crazy when you when you think about it. Uh, but, yeah, that offensive identity of that offense changed so much from last year. When you take away those two running backs, when you take away his top two uh, receivers, just everything they, everything they did was very different. And uh, you know, it, it, in terms of having that 
swan song last year and competing for the Heisman and all, you know, it, it didn't go according to script, but the reasons NFL teams like Sam Howell coming into the year, those reasons are still there. The, the arm talent, the poise, the mobility, uh, he might be the best, uh, might, might have the best deep ball in this class. So uh, yeah. with Sam Howell, there's still a lot of reasons to be optimistic about what he's going to be at the next level. And look, if there's anything we know, it's just the, the NFL quarterback desperation is a real thing. So even though this isn't the, yeah. the, the best quarterback class, there's going to be quarterbacks drafted first round. I, if, if you give me an over under of two and a half, I'm taking the over uh, first round quarterbacks. I'd say there's at least three. Um, so yeah, Corral, Pickett, Howell right now, you know, early January, that's what I would say. But, you know, we got the senior bowl coming up here um, and, you know, Sam Howell, um, I don't know if it's public yet, but I think he's about to accept his senior bowl uh, invitation. Uh, true junior, but he graduated, so he's eligible. Uh, really, all these quarterbacks will be at the senior bowl. Uh, throw um, uh, strong in there from Nevada, uh, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, um, uh, Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky. I mean, he's a draftable player. Uh, really, the only quarterback that won't be able to go is, is Corral. He, he is not eligible. So, uh, you know, a lot can change throughout the draft process. And, and as we know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. All it takes is one team to fall in love with one of these guys. And, you know, Daniel Jones uh, going top 10 because the Giants fell in love with him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, you know, that, 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 that could happen this year with, with one of these quarterbacks. So we'll have to wait and see. Dave Gettleman falls fast and falls hard, so you don't have to worry. Yeah, don't have to worry about that anymore. But, but yeah, it, it, I I am curious to see who because because Malik Willis is the one that for those who love the traits, they will be standing behind him when he's throwing. They will hear, hear it sizzle out of his hand. Uh, they will they will watch the kind of wrist flick release and be like, wow. Yeah, but he played an offense where you know you're not reading the whole field a lot of times the coach is basically telling you where to throw. And that's, I hope for some of these guys, because as you pointed out, some of these guys can be good, but if they get thrown in right away, it's probably not going to work. I hope for their sakes that they wind up, you know, maybe a late later end of a round pick to a good team that already has a quarterback situation that's fairly settled. And then they can, they can work their way in because, you know, I I always wonder if Patrick Mahomes doesn't have that first year behind Alex Smith, mm-hmm. is he still Patrick Mahomes now? Well, it, it, yeah, and I, I I've always wondered. Okay, if Pat Mahomes say just switch him and Trubisky, so he goes yeah. to Chicago and just not yeah, not even just not having that that year to sit, but the support system around him, uh, the coaches, uh, you know, working with him, uh, you know, during the week in the quarterback room and bringing him along. And um, obviously the personnel, his teammates, uh, the talent around him. If you switch Mahomes and Trubisky, what's the trajectory of both their careers? Uh, I, it, yeah. It's 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 a it's a fascinating what if. And it, it's part of the reason why, you know, the quarterback position, the evaluation part of it is it's so tough because you just there's so many variables uh, about where these guys are going to end up and how they're going to react to what they're, what's thrown at them. So it's it, this is a really unsettled quarterback class. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. So speaking of unsettled, I am 70 miles from Jacksonville and 
other than uh, the folks putting the uh, the clown with with the Shad Khan mustache on their emojis, uh, the the biggest question slash debate is who are they going to take number one overall? Because I, I have zero faith in them beating the Colts this week, so I'm 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 slotting them in at the number one pick. But you have your Kayvon Thibodeau fans, you have your Aiden Hutchinson fans, and obviously that might not that might not wind up being the the debate at number one, but it feels like it is now. And it's, it's definitely the, the edge rusher debate. So who do you like best of, of those two? Um, I, you know, I, I, they're both good players. They win in different ways. I, I would lean slightly with Hutchinson over Thibodeau. Um, but I don't think there's a big gap between the two. Um, and kind of like we hit on before, I just think it's important for, you know, people to, look at these players and they're not the Boses. They're not Chase Young. They're not, they're, they're just not on that level. When you talk to teams about, okay, you know, Thibodeau, you know, what kind of player do you think he is? What's a comparison? You hear names like Harold Landry and Vic Beasley and, you know, like guys that are good players, but they're not the pro bowl, no doubt about it type of guys. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, I, I do think they're, there, there are some similarities with the Bosa's when you talk about how they, how well they use their hands, some of the quickness mm-hmm. off the snap, the motor that they play with. Hutchinson just doesn't have the same type of bend or the arc yeah. skills. They're, they're uh, so it, fluid. And, yeah, yeah, right. And Hutchinson just doesn't have that. But I mean, he obviously wins, and you know, with being uh, with those heavy hands and understanding how to break down the rhythm of blockers. Um, you know, it's just, he, he, he can win with power in his upper half, but he's also agile. He, he can move with his lower half as well. So he can, uh, you know, find the gap and, uh, disrupt the backfield. So, um, I, not only that, but he's just wired the right way. Uh, the competitive play personality, it, it, it's all there. Uh, you know, he's wired like a lot. Uh, he, he has that in him and that that's certainly going to help him throughout the process. Thibodeau, not saying he doesn't have that, um, but just not on the same level. Thibodeau, he's you know he, he he understands how to create leverage as a pass rusher. He's he's really good with his length, his flexibility. He can get underneath guys. Uh, there, there's no question. I think in this draft, he's a top five talent and absolutely should be considered at number one. Um, I just think there there needs to be context there, uh, just for fans yeah. to have expectations, uh, not expecting him to come in and be a, a Miles Garrett or a Chase Young. Jags fans worried about you know who's going to be the GM right now, but also. Wait, wait. So you're saying you got the number one pick and might get another Caleb on chase on what, what, what's going on with this? Yeah. Or, I mean, you know, it, it's, but if you look at their team, they, you know, Josh Allen, uh, you know, another top 10 draft pick and they just, they have not got the pass rush production that they should have considering the, the draft capital they've used at the position. So yeah. And, and Thibodeau is not going to come in and be, that, uh, you know, the, the white knight who's going to, uh, you know, come in and solve all their problems, but he'll be a good player. Uh, you know, he'll come in and, yeah. uh, you know, be a nice part of that rotation if that's if that's the direction they go. But who knows? Maybe they'll look at the offensive line and they say, Evan Neal, you know, yeah. he could really be a stabilizing force for us. Or I, I'm telling you, don't don't count out uh, Ikea Kwame. Uh it, it would not mm-hmm. shock me at all if he's – Offensive tackle one for some of these teams, um, and I, we're going to hear a lot of te- or a lot of uh, fans saying, "Okay, well, we got to trade back." Then who's moving up? You know, wh- who which team's yeah. giving up draft capital to go up and get one of these guys? I just uh, it's probably not. It's possible. So if a team falls in love with Thibodeau or one of these players, just probably not likely. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're the Jaguars, at least you you let Cam Robinson walk yeah. instead of you know they, they franchised him, and so instead of giving him a big extension, you let him walk. You use that on a free agent in a, in a position of need, and then you figure out what you want to do if you want to have Jawan Taylor starting somewhere, or do you do Walker Little and and some guy you pick this year? So yeah, it it, it it's going to be the the teams that are a little more creative that that can figure this out. Uh, you're right. Get somebody who's going, who you feel like is going to play for you for a long time. Well, and this is not going to be the, there, there the two, big impact. There are two defensive backs that I think, you know, we should at least mention. Um, and, okay. you know, traditionally safeties aren't drafted top five. That's just not really where teams go, but it, it, you could make an easy argument that Kyle Hamilton's the most talented player in this draft. You, you could make that argument, yeah. you know, with your eyes closed and, you know, it, it'd be easy. Um, now, do you have the defensive scheme and the structure where he's going to, if you draft him that high, he's going to make that type of impact? Uh, you know, that's debatable. And that's something that teams will have to figure out uh, in war rooms as they, as they debate and draft or put the, these guys on their draft board. Uh, but then also Derek Stingley, who we just haven't seen much of this year because of his injury. But, you know, the guy we saw as a freshman, he, he's still there. Uh, you know, that that talent didn't go anywhere. And so, um, you know, Derek Stingley should also be in that mix, assuming uh, medicals are OK, interviews are OK, all that. But, you know, I, I think those are two players, two defensive backs that uh, should at least be mentioned at the top as being in that conversation that teams should consider. Let's talk about another guy who probably won't go top five, but, oh, I don't know. It, you say there are not a lot of generational talents in this draft, but there, there might be one. Tyler Linderbaum, the senator from Iowa. That's right. If you need a center who can pull and lead on a sweep, this is your man. And he can do just about everything else, too. But that this is, you know, one of the least sexy positions. It's not drafted in a sexy way. It's not – it's rarely considered even for a first round pick, much less a, a top 10 pick. What makes him so different that that he would even be in consideration for that? He's going to be really interesting because, you know, like on one hand, you could see him being a top, the first top 10 center we've ever had, at least in the modern era. You know, we've just not had that guy uh, because the talent warrants it. And, uh, you know, like we talked about, it's just not a great year at the top. So, would not be hard for a team to talk themselves into Tyler Linderbaum in the top 10. But on the other hand, NFL teams are so, a lot of them are so shackled by some of these size thresholds and, you know, they need to hit this, this mark with arm length and things like that. And Linderbaum, he's six, two and a half, 290 pounds. He's got shorter arms. That's just, that's going to be a problem for some teams, but, uh, when you look at the talent, and, 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 and you know that might drop him a little bit. He, he, it wouldn't shock me if he's drafted, say, twenty-two overall. Because you know, first of all, not everyone needs a center, um, and the teams that do need a center, they might be uh, you know focused on uh, you know the lack of size. But if a team picking top ten needs a center, and I, I could see him falling in love with this guy, he's a first-round player all day. He reminds me a lot of Jason Kelsey. Because he's so mean, so uh, you know, has that competitive mentality where he's going to play after the whistle, flexible in his lower body. He can fire out of his stance, redirect, move laterally. Uh, his ability to reach block is absurd. He's so good at gaining leverage, sealing blocks. Um, so if you're in a zone scheme, how do you not? Because yeah. that, that to, to just to kind of put this in context, 
what Dane is saying by reach block means person is lined up outside of you. Play is going outside of that person. You must seal off that person for the play that will go further outside. So you've got to get, he's, he's starting out outside you and you got to get outside him. Yeah. And this yeah. guy can snap the ball and then do that. Yeah. Imagine a three technique that's, you know, head up over the B gap and he's able to, in a fluid motion, snap, explode and get ahead of that defensive tackle. Uh, he does it effortless. I mean, it just, it doesn't look like it's, it's, it's hard for him. And I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, it's, when the Vikings drafted Garrett Bradbury top 20 a couple years ago out of NC state, uh, I think they were hoping it would be a Tyler Linderbaum. I think Tyler Linderbaum can be that type of player. Um, and so for, especially for a team running that outside zone, uh, Linderbaum's going to be an awfully appealing guy. And look, he's not, he's not overpowering. Um, you know, there's, you know, he's not going to be able to just toss Fletcher Cox in the NFL. It's just not going to happen, but he's right. so good at, resetting on the move, being able to reestablish leverage mid rep, getting the upper hand. Um, So, you know, he's a guy, I I think you look at the top 10, a team like the giants uh, would make a lot of sense. Um, You know, if, if if the Steelers uh, maybe rejumble, jumble up that offensive line a little bit, move guys around, he could be in the mix there. So there's a lot of teams that are going to be looking at Tyler Linderbaum as you know, like you said, not the most sexy position, but we're getting a heck of a football player. It's a sexy pick to me, Dane. That's that's what I want to see. Top ten center, make make it happen, NFL teams. So that's 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 gonna be my draft night drinking game. I think is anytime someone says top ten center, boom. So yeah. we, we gotta we gotta have some way to liven this one up because we don't have the Trevor Lawrence at the top, but. I, I can't wait. It's going to be fun, and I can't wait to watch the national title game to see which of these guys flashes because it could be anybody. Dane, thank you so much. We're going to bother you a lot more between now and April, and uh, cannot wait for all this. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, man. Thanks, man.